Hello, and welcome to Reflection 3 on this week's Inclusion Education Reform podcast. This week I will take a look at a couple of questions that my professor Kate McLeod asked us. The first question is, what areas of collaboration, structure, staffing, and families do you feel you and your school successfully implement in order to include all students? I think given our current structure of what we have at our school, which if we look at the whole building from K through 8, every classroom has their general education teacher. Special education teachers are in their resource rooms slash learning centers. And um, most of the time, students are being pulled into those resource rooms for services or being pulled to other rooms for OT, PT concepts. Some exceptions to that are when we utilize ed techs within the classroom to work with either specific students or to move about the room. And those are usually general education paraprofessionals and not the special education ed techs. In any whole group or whole school activities, everyone is always included. There's never anyone who has been excluded from those situations, nor from field trips. I recently was talking with the science teacher whom I'm with in the first period science class for eighth grade. And since I have the science background, we've been talking and he's, I told him about this idea of, um, you know, working with it, working with each other and planning things out, and then myself going back to the special education teacher to talk about any modifications or um, or strategies that may help a few of the students in our classroom who are receiving special education services. I'm really excited to see more of this kind of work. I really feel strongly about the idea of co-teaching, and I have for a long time, and I get really excited about it. I'm not sure if everybody else in our school would feel the same way. But I think if our school were to start, you know, slowly implementing these kinds of concepts in one or two classrooms and see what a positive thing that could possibly be, you know, looking at the data to see how students may or may not have improved in their learning, I think would be really exciting. And it would also show others who are skeptical that this idea of inclusion and co-teaching in the classroom really can work. This week we watched two videos about inclusion, one where my professor interviewed two co-teachers, Rachel and Michelle one who was a regular ed teacher and one who was trained as a special ed teacher. And I thought it was interesting and true that the first thing that one of them said was that at the beginning of the whole idea of inclusionary uh, reform and also implementing it was completely overwhelming. And, And I think that piece about being overwhelming is what 
initially blocks, I think, most of us who have been teaching for a while in a certain manner and have kind of our, our show down, so to speak, that why would I change now? Why would I put myself into an overwhelming situation when I'm in a comfortable place? It seems that if this is the wave of the future for education, that colleges should be training their teachers for this kind of teaching um, so that there is a slow progression for having more schools in this situation. It would also call for more community members being aware of what this means. Um, I realize that all of us are not trained as educators, but we all grew up in an education system, and so we have a sense about us of what school was like, at least for us when we were younger. So being able to share with our communities what this inclusion idea classroom looks like I think would be highly important for everyone involved. So after the, Rachel and Michelle, the regular ed and special ed teacher who are co-teaching in the inclusion classroom, um, worked and worked well together, figured things out, they're now finding that it's actually gotten easier and that it's really fun and that they're that the data shows that students are improving in their learning. So that is the plus side. The other video we watched, well actually it wasn't a video, excuse me, it was an interview with Jackie and who is an inclusion facilitator down in Pennsylvania. And I thought this short interview, it was about 20 minutes long, was quite interesting because I was like, well what what is an inclusion facilitator? What does that mean? What is their job duty, so to speak? Uh, Jackie happened to be a special ed teacher for like 13 or 14 years, which I think brings a lot of wealth of information of how to teach um, students of varying capacities, and which would come very much in handy in the idea of inclusionary classroom. So in addition to looking or listening to the interview, I also just dug a little bit deeper and found, you know, what is an inclusion facilitator? So they're advocates for changes in schools and communities. They spark passion for teachers, administrators, and families, and they provide practical guidance for teachers who are in the inclusionary co-teaching model. So Jackie had said in the interview that you know, there was a classroom teacher, special ed, special ed teacher who were struggling and she came in, came up with like a lesson plan and implemented it so that they could see how they could get it to work. And I think that's a big part of it is how do we envision this working in our classrooms if we've never done it before. The one thing that keeps coming back again and again is the word collaboration and without that we can't implement these changes collaboration is key <laughs> and that's with an exclamation mark another key to all this is the paraeducators or the educational technicians that work with our students and in the classrooms and with the teachers 
So I thought chapter three in the in the toolbox book very interesting. And I also looked up the inclusionary inclusionary uh the inclusive schooling.com website who have um one of the one of the authors, Dr. Julia Costin, has a book about a handbook, I should say, for effective support and inclusive classrooms for paraprofessionals. It's actually called the Paraprofessionals Handbook for the Paraprofessionals Handbook for Effective Support in Inclusive Classrooms. Having been a para, having worked as a paraprofessional for at least nine years, um, I have never been offered a paraprofessional training. Um, there's been offers for other kinds of trainings, but never something specific for inclusionary education, um, best practices for supporting students. I've always gotten that ad hoc, you know, as I go along. So I'm very interested in that. Not that I want to stay forever as a paraprofessional, but even as I move towards you know, being a special educator, I think knowing the needs of the paraprofessional is is great um, so that, that the special educator knows what kind of information that they can share with the paraprofessionals and to give them the tools and the resources as much as possible that can make them successful, such as orientating um, new people into the school, creating the staff binders with the written schedules, the daily activities, the times, um, specific IEP goals <clears throat> for the students that they'd be working with, and also having regular communication with the paraeducators, whether that's a daily check-in or a weekly meeting where they just go and, and review the week and talk about the following week. I think that's, especially if you're in a bigger school and the paraeducators are going into classrooms and the, the special ed teacher is not um, always seeing those, those people, then we need to have that communication going on. Another piece that is huge in implementing this inclusionary classroom is engaging students and families in the process and making it person-centered. So two of the new things that I learned about were making action plans and what called maps or planning alternative tomorrows with hopes which is called PATH. So family involvement and collaboration are essential. Um, what what are the ideas? What are the likes and dislikes of our students? What are they dreaming about? What are their hopes for their own future? And opening up those conversations so that we are actually creating community and building community um, while also still educating our children with the knowledge and the skills that they need to know for the future. I like the idea of a back-to-school family potluck that was only an hour long. When my children went to a Waldorf school for a few years, community was one of the first things that was always developed. 
There was always something in, where families were involved, you know, with coming to the school, having potlucks, doing community festivals. I think that goes a long way in helping communicate with everyone who's working at the school and also getting to know individual families. It's so important to keep working on building positive working relationships and, and our, at any school and, and in my school as well is just keeping building on those positive working relationships um, and communicating as much as one possibly can, communicating IP, IEP information. So at the beginning of the year, we can see what accommodations and modifications are necessary. We can determine team member roles. Um, on page 102, 103 in the inclusion toolbox book, there's a great figure that um, helps you determine what members' roles are, which I think is highly helpful. We're also looking at teachers, uh, general education teachers, communicating about their curriculum by making something like a, a curriculum map, um, which shows you know, an overarching or kind of like a syllabus, really, of what's going to be taught that year. Will there be any activities? How many units? You know, what's covered in exams? So that way it gives the special ed teacher who's helping to modify or, or um, change, you know, helping uh, or providing the appropriate services within the classroom for those children who need it. Uh, there's also another thing called a teacher talk sheet, so that can, so it enables someone like a paraprofessional to be able to write down what's happening in the classroom so that they're able to share with the special ed teacher what's going to be covered, uh, what skill sets are being covered for, for that class or the multiple classes, however, that a particular classroom is set up. Another idea given was doing daily progress sheets and progress reports um, so you can see what's happening in a student's day as opposed to waiting eight weeks down the road and then having something come up. Um, we can be monitoring all along. It's almost like a form of progress monitoring, but, um, but on a broader scale where it's all listed in one spot. And of course... No matter how much work and collaboration we have, you know, there will be times when it's, it is stressful um, and there is some issues and problems that come up in the collaboration. So some of the ideas are instead of, um, you know, frame your, your statements as I messages, like I am feeling, you know, un, uncomfortable with how such and such student is doing this or whatever the situation may be. So it becomes back to I and not the blame of saying you are doing this or whatever. Um, instead of emailing the person, actually maybe meet with them in person because sometimes messages get lost in emails in terms of how we infer of what's being said in the email. Um, you can also talk to other colleagues whom you trust and um, who you might be able to get some strategies from. And last but not least, you could also meet with the administrator 
if for some reason things really aren't working and um, figure out from there where to go. A question that by Morosky, a researcher, professor, who said, how is what we are doing together substantially different and better for students than what one of us would do alone? And I thought that was a good question. And he said to keep asking that question all along in your co-teaching. Um, it Asking that question tells us to pause and reflect and really look at what we're doing. Especially we get really busy and we might get off our track or may maybe feel a little overwhelmed, um, especially in the beginning days when we're establishing these practices. One of the biggest things that keeps coming up for me though is how do we fund all these teachers if every classroom is to have a general ed teacher and a special ed teacher? How does that work? financially across the whole school. Does that mean there's less ed techs working in classrooms so that way more special education teachers get hired? Does it mean paraprofessionals um, become becomes more of a need to be more highly trained in order to step into that position? Those are questions I have and perhaps down the road during these readings and reflections, some of those questions might be answered or at least contemplated on. I look forward to next week and learning along with you all. Till next time.